1: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective.
2: Connecting changes everything. at Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, and to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com. You can find it there, or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
3: This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Swimming into the winner's tank. Welcome. Come in the beginning of a brand new week of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere. as We are old friends, surviving the test of time, hanging out coast to coast, border to border, and beyond on the vast and mighty, powerful microphones of FSR emanating live. From the board, the sounding board, which is on all night long, we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And back at it, I assume you watch football. Maybe not. Who knows? I don't know what you've got going on. Uh, I did. And uh, I absolutely got cooked on my picks, uh, destroyed by the penny Uh, this weekend. If you had a chance to see the TV show, it did not go well. Uh, Horrific. I even needed the Rams to kick a meaningless field goal with four seconds left, or it would have been even more biblically terrible. But it was bad. Bad, 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 bad. But it's not about the picks. It's about the stories. It's about the stories. So our lead, coming from the Commonwealth, a little Sunday night football action, week number two of the NFL, the Sunday card wrapping up. Now, there's double barrel action on a Monday night, but in terms of week two, the Sunday portion, that ended with the Miami football team, the Dolphins, and Tua of Bailoa, the roadshow paying a visit to Mac Jones and the Patriots in a key. Early season, AFC East game, at least for the Patriots. I don't know about the Dolphins. It was kind of a big deal. Mike Tarico, Chris Collinsworth were there chilling in the broadcast booth. And if you were watching the game, it ended not that long ago. Uh, maybe you saw it, maybe not. But Raheem Mostert, he's a running back, and he ran for 121 yards, a pair of touchdowns. And the Dolphins never trailed as they swim past the Patriots, that padded Dolphins 24 17 the final in Foxborough. Miami gets its second road win of the year. They won in Los Angeles in that shootout last week, and now they come back and they win in New England. So on the night, Tua Iowa was okay. He wasn't amazing. He was all right. The better story, though, is in the losing locker room for the first time in over 20 years. The New England Patriots are 0-2. Now, if only someone can take Mac Jones out, and then Bailey Zappi can come in. Isn't that what happened in 2001, the last time the Patriots were 0-2? I think so. Anyway, let's discuss. The question, who gets the biggest slice of the Boston blame pie? And the Patriots losing 0-2 at home, two losses. So I've got Kryptonite, Microscope, and Albert Einstein. And we will combine all of these things together together and we are going to make the heartache hotel is what we're going to make because in both games, the Patriots had opportunities to matriculate the ball down the field in the fourth quarter in the final minutes. In this game, on Sunday night, they had a chance to tie the game. Last week against the Eagles, they had the ball twice in position to go down and take the lead, and they go 0 for 2. So when you're talking about slicing up the blame Boston pie, the Boston blame pie. So we start with Mac Jones, the Mac attack. and Not that that's a polarizing topic of conversation. This guy fails to produce late in games. It falls on his shoulder. Number 10 in your program, but number zero with the game on the line. Not a good situation for the Patriots here as they continue to have quarterback issues. Now, there are quarterback defenders out there that think it's never the quarterback's fault, blame the fat guys on the offensive line. They don't protect enough. Uh, he doesn't have any playmakers. I've heard all the excuses. Bad coaching. They're blaming, I guess Bill O'Brien's now the guy to blame, the offensive coordinator. Give Mac Jones more time. Give him more time. He gets a mulligan. And I say no. I say phooey. Fooey on the mulligan. Mac Jones has a couple of sticks of kryptonite that he has in the back pocket on his uniform. Now, most football pants don't have a back pocket, but Mac Jones, I put a back pocket there on his uniform. He's got two sticks of kryptonite in the back pocket, and he does not make players around him better. And that, I don't know how you get around that. It's like, well, yeah, the Patriots don't have great talent, but does Mac Jones uplift The talent that the Patriots do have, I have not seen it. He's unable to elevate his teammates, uh, and uh, he's just as mediocre as they are. If you have a good quarterback, a quarterback will make the players around them perform at a higher level. Plus, he does not have the clutch gene. He apparently left that in Tuscaloosa, did not bring that with him. Although, how many clutch games did he have in Alabama with all the talent that they had For Nick Saban, in that time, he played in the Southeastern Conference. But the the thing about Mac Jones is he's just adequate. Like He looks like he should be a backup quarterback. Like maybe for a couple of games, if you have good players, he'll be okay. But that's about it. He provides marginal returns. The Dolphins, I saw the Dolphins in person last week in L.A. They gave up 433 yards and 34 points to the Chargers. And a lot of that was on the ground. Granted, it wasn't all through the air, but just a few days later, New England only has 17 points and 288 yards of offense against, I think, the same defense. And we know that average. It has been said that average is the enemy of of excellence and the destroyer of success. And so we're two weeks into the season. Mac Jones is as advertised as advertised. It was very frustrating because I, from a Wagering perspective, I had the Patriots, and I was like, boy, the Dolphins were prime for the taking in the Sunday night game. Right? I'm like, okay, so I handicapped the game, and I kind of got it right, and then the, Dol- the the Dolphins were giving opportunities to the Patriots, and the Patriots continued to fail to take advantage of those opportunities. And that's that's what bad teams do. This idea, just because the Patriots are 0-2 and they've lost a couple of close games, well, they're close to turning things around. No, bad teams lose close games. Good teams win close games. And so the Patriots, they're a bad team. They've had a chance, but they've made bonehead mistakes in these games. All right, now, uh, you you mentioned Mac Jones. I said generic label and all that, unremarkable. Uh, And so even though there are some flashes of success, he does not make those game-changing plays. We have not seen it in the NFL. I I believe he has zero or one comfort behind late-game drive. Uh, Not good. Now, secondly... Let's go to the winning side and a pair of road wins for the Miami football team. Now, generally speaking, that is a nice feather in the cap for anybody. In this case, we're talking about Miami. So the question must be asked, do we now have the Dolphins on the upper portion of Big Ben's big board of elite contenders in the AFC? And the answer on this, the arrow is pointing at not yet. The arrow is pointing it, not yet. They are headed in the right direction, but I am still a skeptic when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. I'm not completely buying in to the Finns at this point. Uh, And you get the two-row wins, that's great and all that, but then you have to pull out the Mahler microscope. And you put the Mahler microscope out, and you start poking around there, and you see some moles, you see some warts there, and you're like, okay, uh, for example, the the game on Sunday night here, Tua the interception he underthrew Tyreek Hill. Just wasn't it last week? Tua was asked about the perception of him not being able to, you know, have the cannon for an arm. He said 466, 466. Okay, what's he going to say this week? Underthrew Tyreek Hill. Underthrew Tyreek Hill. Is he going to repeat that mantra? Is that what he's going to do? Because he did. That was that was how uh, it was a good play by Christian Gonzalez of the Patriots, but it was an underthrow. By Mac Jones on that interception, and we keep hearing about the jujitsu training, and that Tua is not going to get concussions now, and he knows how to keep himself in the game and all that. And so I, I'm in a show me state of mind on that. I am, uh, and he hasn't really been hit that much. Yet. To the credit of the Dolphins, whatever they're doing, whether it's the offensive line, whatever they're doing, is working, but. You also look at the running game. They didn't do much against the Chargers in week one. Now they, they, Raheem Mostert had a big game in week two. The defense was very wobbly in week one. There were some plays there that the Patriots did not make in week number two. And so that's where we are. right? The, the Bolts, are they looking great? They lost to Tennessee. The Bolts suck. I mean, let's just call it like it is. They're not, they don't look like a playoff team. The Chargers, come on. Good job they kept Brandon Staley though. Well. That guy knows what to do. You want to lose a close game, Brandon Staley's the guy. Just give him the rock. Uh, give him the the whistle on the sidelines there. So I look at the Dolphins, and my verdict on the Dolphins at this point, based on what I've seen, 2-0 start, great record, rah, 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 but I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. So no style points given based on that the Patriots don't appear to be a playoff team and the Chargers don't appear to be a playoff team. So you beat two non-playoff teams. The first test will be week four for the Dolphins. They go home, they got another cupcake, the Broncos, they blow. So you'll beat the Broncos at home. Then you play Buffalo at Buffalo in week four. And then after that, you get some more, uh, you know, hostess games. You get some cupcake games. And then you play, the next big game will be week seven against Philadelphia. In between, you play the Giants, who... Barely beat the Cardinals, sucked against the Cowboys. And uh, Saquon Barkley is likely going to be out for an extended period of time. And then uh, the Panthers, who also stink. All right, final final part of this. Let's go back to the Patriots. And it's only been a couple of weeks, but the Patriots – I saw some comments by tight end Hunter Henry, who is fed up with the slow start here. Uh, The Patriots have had the the first couple games of the year, fell behind big – Against the Eagles, never had the lead. Fell behind against the Dolphins here in the Sunday night game, never had the lead. And Hunter Henry says the Patriots have to be a, quote, a lot more disciplined, was what he said. That was the the money quote. So what do you make of that particular quote, that the Patriots, that the discipline is the issue for the Patriots? So the way I look at it, that is an indictment of Bill Belichick. Because if there's one thing that's been reliable over the years for the Patriots, other than Tom Brady, it's been the Patriots always are able to be the most disciplined team in the NFL over the years. has been very consistent. that They're well-coached, and they don't, they don't beat themselves. And, yeah, Tom Brady made up for a lot of that. But the Patriots, if you look at the roster now and you look at the roster 10 years ago, with the exception of maybe a couple years in the middle of the Patriots dynasty, they were never bigger, stronger, faster than everyone else they played. But they had guile. They were able to outfox the opponent, in addition to having Tom Brady, that cunning strategy from Bill Belichick. They were able to hornswoggle some of the opponents. But you look at the the Patriots two weeks into this season, and it's an Albert Einstein physics equation here. LT plus PE equals 2L. That's the, uh, the equation. Of course, that stands for the little talent Plus, poor execution equals two losses, which is where the Patriots are at this particular point. Now, Bill Belichick. We'll hear from the coach of the Patriots. Here's Bill Belichick, who was asked what the Patriots can take away from this game. You'll hear the question and the answer. I'm sure Bill gave a very smooth, professional answer. Let's take a listen.
3: Bill, what, what can the team learn from this game? Yeah, we learn from every game. Learn from all of them.
2: There you go. So you learn from everything. I learn from every show. Of course, okay. I try to forget Thank every you. show. Yeah, I know. Thank you. All right. Uh, here's uh, how about Mac Jones. He sucks. Uh, here's Mac pointing out that uh, things did not break the right direction.
0: 90% of the games in the NFL go, go into the fourth quarter and they're one possession game. So just trying to learn and get better from that. And just wasn't our day. hasn't been our,
2: our day for the last two two weeks. So we just got to, you know, learn from it and get better. So ninety percent of games are one score games, and he stinks in one score games. That's a problem. All right, uh, here's more. Here's uh, Mac Jones uh, talking about the uh, the closeness of it all. Biggest thing is just we're close. We close. drove the ball pretty close. well. Close. Uh, I just didn't get it in. You know, last week we were behind and kind of scored some touchdowns. You know, and if we can combine those two things, move the ball, and then get it in the red zone, I think everyone would be smiling right now. So uh, that's the biggest thing. Ifs and buts were candy and nuts, the Patriots would be 2-0, and, oh, and it'd be Christmas every day, but it's not. Be sure
3: to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch
0: The
2: champs are back, but are they really, really back? Welcome in the beginning of another hour of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere, kindred spirits, as we head off into space, coast to coast, border to border, and beyond, on the vast and herculeanly powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from the bell, as we ring the bell all night long, we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So we're going to hop, skip, and jump around the NFL, our first stop this hour. The lead story coming from Duval County! Yeah. So an AFC matchup, a rematch of a playoff game of years gone by. A couple of the teams that fancy themselves as being playoff teams here in 2023. Patrick Mahomes and the 0-1 Chiefs paying a visit to Northern Florida to take on 1-0 Jacksonville. And I don't know if you saw this game or not. Maybe you did not check it out. But Patrick Mahomes had not one but two, two touchdown passes, including one to Travis Kelsey back in the lineup. The gang all back together again there for the Chiefs as Chris Jones played on defense. Kansas City overcoming not one, not two, but three. Three turnovers and a gaggle of penalties. And they beat Jacksonville anyway, 17-9, on their, their third victory against the Jags in the last 10 months, thanks to the playoff win. So the Chiefs have now won eight straight head-to-head. They become the first Super Bowl champion. They avoid becoming the first Super Bowl champion to get off to an 0-2 start. Last time that happened, you got to go all the way back to the 90s. The Denver Broncos in 1999, the last time a Super Bowl champion the following year got off to the 0-2 start. So let us discuss the question, the better story in the losing locker room. So what stood out? We'll start with Jacksonville. What stood out here for the Jags in the loss? I've got George Thoroughgood, Sour Patch Kids, and Innards. And we will combine all of these things together, and we are going to make a headache, which is what the Jacksonville coaching staff likely had following this particular game. So, A, this matchup. Uh, was a measuring stick game. We said it going in, and it was what we thought it was going into this game, a measuring stick game. Jacksonville does not measure up. They did not pass the test. They had two early possessions deep in Kansas City territory and uh, off of mistakes by the Chiefs. They only got three points out of that. They could not even get in the end zone one time. And you talk about winning plays, and I'm high on Jacksonville. I've been upselling the Jags, and I love the talent and Trevor Lawrence and all that, but facts are the facts. And if you don't have the facts, get out of here. And the fact is Trevor Lawrence did not cut the mustard. Uh, He did not. Uh, Completion percentage was terrible. In fact, I think it was the sixth worst of his career. I read that. In the, in the post-mortem on this particular game, and he was sacked four times. Jacksonville, as a team, was dreadful on third down. They just could not execute, and they went to the red zone three times, and they went 0 for 3. Now, I may or may not have had a bit of a financial stake in this game, and uh, in the late stages of the game, in the second half of the game, there was one drive in particular where I wanted to break, my television uh, one thing. In particular, now the, the Jags, I mentioned they couldn't take advantage of this, but the chiefs kept making mistakes. They had 12 penalties for almost a hundred yards in penalty yardage that was given to Jacksonville on a silver platter. And it was like the, the classic rock tune from back in the eighties, the George Thurgood bad to the bone Jacksonville. Here's the play. Jacksonville had the ball, a first and goal to go at the one yard line. First and goal at the one-yard line. Do you see what they did on that particular drive? Not once, but twice did they botch this. Now, there was a play call, which was questionable, and that was Trevor Lawrence on a quarterback keeper. They ran the option play at the goal line, but he got stopped for a three-yard loss. But then total brain fog for the Jags and Duval County as not only did Calvin Ridley, but Zay Jones – each caught passes in the back of the end zone, but could not keep their feet in bounds. Who goofed? I've got to know. Ridley and Jones, neither one of them could get both their feet down, and uh, and that ended up being the end of it uh, for me. At that point, I was just that. I mean, come on, that's a to do it one time. You're like, okay, it happened one time, but on the same exact goal to go situation. You're telling me two of your receivers getting both of them can't remember to get their feet out of bounds? That's uh, inbounds, rather. They were out of bounds. It's embarrassing. It's a bad job. All right, turning the page on that. Uh, and and by, Before we turn the page, I, I didn't think Kansas City. They won the game, and that's great, but they've got a they got a ways to go. All right, That's one of those gift wins. Uh, 12 penalties, three turnovers, and a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, you do that, on most days you lose. They happen to win. Congratulations, but it's not like that was a – Masterpiece performance by Andy Reid's team. Now, we head to Tampa Bay, formerly known as Tampa Bay, and that is where the Buccaneers took on the Chicago Bears. The Bears. And how did that turn out? The Chicago Bears played like who we thought they were. The Bears. And they blow. They are hibernating Bears. 27 to 17 and all those pundits talking about the Chicago Bears, a team they on are the run. They are we thought they were. Can we check the odds on that Justin Fields MVP campaign? How's that working out? Is that good? No? All right, don't ask. I know. Well, the better story is in the Chicago locker room, 0-2, and Justin Fields continues to be – Horrific at quarterback for the Chicago Bears despite all of the love. And, oh, man, did he have a lot of love. The bubble bath here, the massage there from the media types. Uh, Justin Fields continues to provide bagged manure on a weekly basis. Bagged up manure. And in this game, uh, converted 55% of his throws and uh, 211 yards passing, was sacked, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. How about six times Justin Fields was sacked, and he had a couple of interceptions, including an all-time bonehead interception deep in Chicago territory. So how big a mess is Justin Fields, you ask? Justin Fields is a four-alarm fire. At this point, and the fire department's on strike. Four alarm fire. There's no fire trucks in the neighborhood. Uh, Chicago had the number one overall pick. Number one. They could have gotten any of the quarterbacks they wanted in the draft. They determined that none of them were better than this guy. And maybe that will turn out to be accurate, but at this point, woo! man, is that guy flawed. Uh, Justin Fields, and we were amazed going into the season with all the wonderful things that were being said about Justin Fields, and uh, we have confirmation on our end that we were right, and the pundits who were upselling Justin Fields are Bozo the Clown types, is what they are. And uh, we were told, listen, the roster's better. right? And the Bears' argument was the roster's better. We've got some better offensive linemen. We've got better wide receivers. It was all on Justin Fields. It's the same crappy argument that Patriot apologists are making for Mac Jones. So, well, we need a better offensive line. We need a better play calling. We need better skill players. So the Chicago Bears claimed We can debate whether this is true or not, but they claimed they went out and got better wide receivers. They have a better offensive line that they're going to have. Everything will be better around Justin Fields. Takes a village to raise a quarterback. So they did all that. How's it working out? I'm asking for a friend. How's it working out so far? Justin Fields continues to be one of the sour patch kids. Man, there's a lot of citric acid watching Justin Fields run around out there right in your gut as he continues to be a stumble bum under center. The biggest sin continues to be holding the damn ball for too long. And it's like he holds onto that ball like it's his blinky, like it's his favorite stuffed animal. And he he doesn't want to get rid of the ball. And as a result, what ends up happening? Even if you have good offensive line protection, you end up getting sacked. And and, then dumb people, the the low information fan, they blame – the offensive line. So always blame the fat guys, but more times than not. I, and when I was watching this game, and I flipped. The, I wasn't watching every second of the Bears Buccaneers game, but it was in my rotation. And when I was flipping to the game, it was like, "Oh, there's a, a another mistake. You gotta get rid of the ball quick. The whole key get rid of it quick. Treat the football like a hot potato. You don't massage it like it's a baby. And he holds. The, he holds it like it's a toddler." And he's trying to get the baby to go to bed, and you got to treat that thing like it's on fire and get rid of it. Quick, boom, 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 rat-a-tat-tat. He didn't do it. Maybe should, Bear should hire me as a coach. I'd just give that pep talk, and then I'd go eat deep-dish pizza in Chicago, and then that would be it. I'd be out of there. But the holding the ball, and playing the offensive line, blah, 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 blah. All right, now last word. Let's head to the Motor City, where Geno Smith, of all people, pass for 328 yards, two touchdowns, the Seahawks pull out a 37-31 walk-off overtime win over the Motor City Kitty Seattle left for dead last week after losing to the Rams. They're one and one, Detroit drops to one and one. Now Dan Campbell, following this game, Dan Campbell said uh, that essentially this was humble pie. Right? That this was humble pie. And that was the issue, right? That they, if the Lions want to accomplish their goals this season, uh, this loss will serve as humble pie going forward. So I wanted to address that. Now, the humble pie quote on the menu from Dan Campbell, do you agree or disagree with that take from Dan Campbell? So I actually agree with Dan Campbell on this one, although it was one of those things that you could see and you couldn't stop. it. It's one of the few things we got right, handicapping the NFL card on Sunday was that this was a classic spot where the Lions had beaten the Chiefs and the media was pumping the tires on the Detroit Lions, and they were the toast of to the NFL after that Thursday night win. It's like, oh, the lions have arrived. Here we go. And uh, you know then they have to go out and play another game. It's like the the old argument we make, and we've used the analogy before, that you win a big game and it's like you're Super Bowl, you don't play another Super Bowl, the next game uh, is not for another you know, six, seven months or whatever it is after the Super Bowl, but uh, the Lions clearly not into it at the beginning. And you had Seattle on the other side, who was as low as you could possibly be. The Rams, with a bunch of nobodies, were running up and down the field there. They had an unlicensed fish fry in Seattle in week one. D.K. Metcalf even went out. We talked about this at the end of last week. D.K. Metcalf implied the team didn't even play hard. They were not focused. Those aren't my words. Those are words from D.K. Metcalf. So you expected a better performance by Seattle and a worse performance by Detroit. That's exactly what happened. And now the pendulum shifts back to the Lions because you had the stinker against Seattle at home. And now what do you got? All right? and They get to eat that foul pie. And uh, by the way, the, the humble pie, that is a reference to a uh, term umbles. Now I didn't know what umbles were. Umbles is uh, they, they turned it into humble, but umbles is the uh, the guts, the innards of uh, a deer. So like uh, if you eat the uh, the uh, umbles, you're Yummy. eating yeah you're eating that heart, the liver, all the guts, all that stuff. Yeah, and so uh, apparently if you if you didn't have a lot of money, the, that's what you had to eat back in the. Maybe you're still eating it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, not not good, not good. So Detroit plays host to the two and Falcons in week number three in the NFL. So we have that to look forward to. It is the Ben Maller Show as we continue on. Here is some post-game flavor. Doug Peterson. We'll go back to that Jacksonville game. Doug Peterson, coach of the Jags here, commenting on what went wrong. And we pointed out a lot of mistakes by Jacksonville. And here's Doug Peterson pointing out Captain Obvious. Take a listen. You play good teams. You play well-coached teams. You can't beat yourself. And that's what we did today. We beat ourselves. Yes, the defense, yes, special teams played well, but it takes all three phases, right? And that's, that's what football teams do, and, and we didn't do that well enough today. The
5: opportunities were there, and we didn't do it.
2: Now, Jacksonville has been dreadful the first two weeks of the year in the red zone, which, you know, I didn't coach in the NFL. I didn't play in the NFL. I don't think that's good. But what do I know? I just do the overnight show. Anyway, here is Trevor Lawrence pointing out that the red zone has been a red tide of doom. We had our opportunities. We were in the red zone four times and came away with nine points. And that's, you know, can't do that. You're not going to beat good teams when you do that. So we got to be better. Got to be better. Doesn't help me now. Got to be better. All right, how about Dan Campbell? The Lions end up losing, uh, as we talked about there, to Seattle. Jared Goff had the long stretch of games without a turnover. That ended. He threw a pick six in this game. that certainly helped Seattle come back. And here's Dan Campbell. Will he massage Jared Goff? Will he rip Jared Goff or be somewhere in the middle? Let's go to the audio tape.
1: Man, this is why we work them over and over. you got to be decisive, man. You can't do that to your cue. So, but I'll know more tomorrow. You know, I need to watch it in real time. Um, you know, I thought golf played really well, really well. Man, he, he looked comfortable, calm. I thought he was accurate. He just he, he threw the heck out of it, and he was, man, he was in it. And uh, I was really proud of the way he played.
2: See, that's reverse. He started out by ripping him, and then he gave two compliments. Wasn't that a rip? At the, it sounded like a rip to me, and then he moved into compliment territory. That That is not the compliment sandwich, which you don't normally get, where you give a compliment, then rip the person, and then give a compliment on the way out. He went rip and then compliment, compliment. So he screwed up the sandwich. He's not a good sandwich maker. It's a bad job by him.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
2: R. Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
0: wherever you get your podcasts from. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. It's that simple. Order online at That's Zyn.com. That's zy to start your new journey today with the Zyn 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
2: All right, here we go for the first two games. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree.
3: This is when Big Ben gets grilled. The, cool the Jets made a move at quarterback over the weekend, but it wasn't a splashy signing. They moved Tim Boyle from the practice squad to the active roster to be Zach Wilson's backup. Ben, what are the chances the Jets don't sign another quarterback and just roll with Wilson the whole season?
2: Zero. Did you see Zach Wilson play against the Dallas Cowboys? The guy sucks. He can't play the position. Get somebody. Zero. Get a corpse. Well, you already have a corpse. No, they've got to replace Zach Wilson, and they're going to sign somebody. It'll be an underwhelming name, but they'll add somebody. They're going to have to make a move. They can't send Zach Wilson out there. The guy stinks. Next. Former Alabama star Mark Ingram
3: said on Saturday that he thinks Nick Saban overreacted by making a quarterback change from Jalen Milrow to Tyler Buckner. Do you agree with him, Ben?
2: No, and Mark Ingram is trying, he's like pulling a muscle, uh, reaching with that. Nick Saban is still trying to figure out who can play and who can't play. He got a pretty good idea who can't play in Alabama's game over the weekend against USF. The fact that they uh, had, it was a 3 3 game in the you know, middle part of the game is embarrassing for Alabama. And and so, listen, Ty Buckner. He had to go. He got benched, and they, they brought in the other guy, and he wasn't any good either. I mean, they, they got a bunch of guys that can't play. We know the guys that can't play for Nick Saban. But I, it's early in the year. It's a feeling out process. I don't have a problem with it. Next. Former center Willie Cauley-Stein is now signed with an Italian
3: team, and he said he chose to come to Europe because of the more tactical way that they play basketball as opposed to all the one, one-on-one one that happens in the NBA. Yeah, And, Ben, with the USA getting bounced out of the FIBA World Cup – does Willie Cauley-Stein have a point?
2: Willie Cauley-Stein F- is full of crap. If he had an NBA offer, he'd be in the NBA right now. All he is is a marginal NBA player. is a backup in the NBA. That's why he went overseas. Who is he kidding? Does he think we're all idiots? Come on. There it is. Mallard to the third degree. How do we know? He passes. That is a win. I won the game. At the Iowa Sam. I won the game, Iowa Sam. Fox Sports
3: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Hey, you sports figure guy or
3: girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice.
0: Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds. And if you don't like it, screw
2: you. And away we go. It is the... Insta Advice Line, unscreened radio, the safety net is off. And to the phones we go, who needs our advice this week? So I was debating, I was, like, was going to give Braden Staley who? some advice, but I don't know, what do you want to do with that? The story here is Zach Wilson, because the Jets are absolutely losing their mind. These All these guys on the Jets that thought they were going to be big-time contenders in the AFC, the reality's sinking in that he ain't it. And any idea that he got better, he didn't get any better. He's the same stiff that he was last year for the Jets. So what is your advice to the Jets, Zach Wilson, as the Jets are off to the one-and-one start, but he got his first start of the year against the Dallas Cowboys and was horrific. Three interceptions in that game. You're live on the air when you hear my voice at 877-99 on Fox. We'll start with you on line one. Your advice to Zach Wilson of the Jets, line one. Okay, thank you. Yes, line two, you're on the air, line two. We're giving advice to the Jets' Zach Wilson, line two. I tell Zach that Mr. Furley is funnier, but Mr. Roper is a better character. Okay, thank you for that. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox, line three is next. Hello, line three. Why are we talking all this regular season football when we have WNBA playoffs going on, I know. Man? I know. It's a bad job. Uh, Joan, Jonas is going to cover that in the next show here. Let's go to you, Line 4. Hello, Line 4. Uh, sorry, you called me at a bad time. Okay, I'm sorry. Call back, sir, please. Right, line 5. Hello, Line 5.
0: Fire Brandon Staley. Higher Brandon Trufa.
2: There you go. All right. Uh, line 6, you were... <laughs> You are next line six you are on the air we're giving advice to the Jets Zach Wilson line six you're live on the air. Hello Zach Wilson treats objects like women. Okay, wow. all right uh, we'll go to you on line one. line one is next. it's the insta advice line for the jets Zach Wilson at 87799 on Fox. there is no call screener. this is the unwashed the Hoy Poloi putting them on the air just like this guy on line one. Hello line one I hear you're breathing line one talk. Okay, so that's that's not the real. That was a fake. That was an imposter. Line two, you're next. Line two, hello. <laughs> I couldn't understand that. What was that? Was that Angry Bill? No. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> 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 hello. Line three, that's you, line three. Hello. He was Eddie the whole time. <laughs> All right. Is that true? Yeah? All right. All right, let's see. Who's next? Let's go to uh, line number four. Hello, line four. J-E-T-S, suck, 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 Yeah, there you go. All right. By the way, this uh, portion, the good part, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. At progressive.com. You're listening to our live coverage, in depth team coverage. It's the Insta Advice line. The American people, Canadian people, and anybody who's listening, who's calls in giving advice to the Jets, Zach Wilson. J-E-T-E, Jets. Suck, suck, suck. Let's go to you on line six. Hello, line six. Tell his mom to call me. Okay, thank you. Uh, line one, uh, she just uh, texts me. She doesn't wants nothing to do with you. Line one, hello.
5: <laughs> all
2: right thank you I don't know what that was all about line two you're on the airline two hello ben how are you oh thank you for that i love hearing that line three is next you're on the airline three go go play intramurals brother it's division one football yeah there you go line four you're on the airline four One, two, three, Cancun. Okay, there you go. Nick Van Exel calling in. Line five. Hello, line five. Yeah, can I get a large pie with pizza and a Coke? Yeah, let me put you on hold. We're very busy right now. Uh, Would you like some chicken? All right. All right, Coop, pick the final call, Coop. Hurry up. Line three. Line three. You're on the air, line three. Go! No! Line three. Not fast enough, line three. Bad job by you.